0: Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziotti, the senior web editor here at CI. It's been a really big week. In case you haven't noticed, uh, Infocom went virtual uh, this year. And really, it was an interesting display of let's turn everything virtual in the course of a couple of months and do the best that we can with it. And we here at CI I think they did a pretty good job. And we're really looking forward to seeing what they will also keep virtual the next time that they have the event in person. What uh, lessons that they learned from the virtual show that might come up again in in future years. but uh, So today on on AV Plus, we're not going to do any kind of uh, AV News to Know update. It's been a really busy week, and most of that news has really come from the virtual Infocom show. So I'm going to really focus on that this week. I have a conversation that I recorded yesterday uh, with all of the editors here at CI, including Zach Como, Jonathan Blackwood, Craig McCormick, and myself. And it's a conversation really just all about what we thought of the show, what Avixa did that, you know, surprised us or kept us engaged, and uh, what uh, lessons we learned from some of the uh, the presentations that we attended virtually. So that's what we have for you today on, on the episode of AV+. Plus, and I hope you'll join us again next week. We'll have probably something very different from Infocom and hopefully something different from all the bad news surrounding COVID. But uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And I will uh, talk to you next week. Here is the conversation with uh, CI editors about this year's Infocom. So we're recording this Thursday evening, which means that almost all of the CTS certified sessions at Infocom 2020 have nearly come to a close. Uh, Today, we're going to chat about which one of those we thought were the most memorable. But uh, first and foremost, guys, what did you all think of the show, at least thus far, you know, considering how Avixa had to transition it from like a massive in-person thing to an online one?
1: So we, we talked last week about, you know, kind of going into the show, what, what we were looking forward to and things like that. And, and one of the things I mentioned is that I don't think I ever actually sat in on a session during Infocom. I don't know if they had just as many in, in the past or, or they added a lot more just for the, the virtual events. But I did think it was kind of cool to, to have an opportunity to, to do some of that um, th- this week. And... I like the fact that I could kind of do it on my own schedule. I, I did you know, try to listen to all the sessions um, that, that I was covering live, but there, there were times I had to be you know, five minutes late or something like that. So it was nice to be able to rewind and, and not miss what, uh, what the speakers were saying and, and be able to you know, kind of take full notes on, on the sessions rather than just kind of miss out on, on something that might have been important.
2: Yeah, so you're never going to be able to replicate a physical uh, event like Infocom online, but given the time constraints that they had, I think they pulled this together in just about two months. And, you know, the massive amount of exhibitors that they had and the content that they put out, I I thought that they did a great job uh, in in such a short amount of time.
1: So there, there was one thing I I didn't particularly like, uh, and and that was they had a few f- fifteen minute sessions, so so they were really short, and you could kind of tell the presenters were really breezing through their their material and and not getting in in depth at all, and it, it didn't really leave a lot of time for for questions even. Uh, I I actually ended up attending a couple of those, and and. Uh, you you didn't get a ton of value out of it. I, I would have liked to have had the the discussions be you know even even a half an hour. I think that would have added a little bit more value. I, I don't know if you know all the people that that participated in those felt the same way, but I I, I kind of felt like the the 15 minute sessions were not the the greatest uh, you know use of of time for for me in in, in this uh, particular week. The thing
0: that most people were kind of looking forward to were the sessions, right? Because, I mean, like you said, when you think about an in-person event like Infocom, so much of that that in-person experience relies on being there to see all that's new right in front of you, to be able to touch, uh, you know, screens and and shake hands, all that. So, like, I think most of the, the attendees this year were thinking, okay, I'm in this for the fact that we have... All these CTS RU certified sessions available in one place, and the looks is going to be available through I think it's early August. So, with that in mind, um, Craig, what what sessions really struck you as meaningful? And I'd love to know what everybody else thought. You know, was especially great.
1: Yeah. So, so the big the big three sessions I, I attended were the the three keynotes. Uh, David Labuskis did one on Tuesday. Uh, Sean Wargo, the the market intelligence. Uh, uh, director did did one on Wednesday, kind of looking forward, you know, and in diving into the numbers and you know research and things like that. And then um, Thursday there there was a session that included several of the uh, Avixa board members, and I thought all of those were were really uh, informative and, and, you know, I, I thought they kind of set a good direction and then gave a good tone for, uh, you know, kind of what, what's ahead for, for the industry. I, I know there's obviously a lot of uncertainty about, you know, kind of what's ahead and, you know, recession and, and layoffs and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but it, it seemed like there was a, a Decent amount of positivity in in each of those three sessions, although obviously, you know, some dose of reality that the immediate, um, you know, future is maybe not great, but kind of in the long term there's there's a lot of opportunity for for AV to have some success.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it was the lightning rounds, uh, the new tech lightning rounds. I think a lot of integrators go to Infocom to kind of get a feel for what's ahead in the industry over the next year. Obviously, it's tough to do that when it's a virtual event. But I think Avixa did a good job of pulling together some sessions that specifically uh, focused on new technologies and, and what, Um, different integrators and people in the industry saw uh, coming ahead with new technology. So uh, obviously not the same thing as as walking the show floor on Infocom, but still discussing the same sort of things that, you know, people like to uh, key in on uh, at Infocom shows.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that it was like pretty easy for Avixa to come approach this show thinking like, okay, in terms of what sessions to actually schedule, let's try to avoid talk of COVID you know, because obviously it's the thing that caused Evixit to have to scramble to, to put this together in the first place. I'm sure a lot of people are kind of sick about hearing uh, sort of the same thing, sort of regurgitated over and over again regarding how things could or could not change after after this blows over. But, you know, to their credit, I think they were able to stick to their guns enough to come up with a, a bunch of, like, topics that were really Like timely and and actually like took advantage of the situation we're all in in different ways. Um, One of those sessions was called "The Five Things That You Need to Know About the Future of Workplace Design," which you know the sound of that might not seem so exciting, but was actually quite valuable because it was hosted by a team of uh, designers who were like highlighting what integrators should consider must-haves for corporate clients going forward. And what about the workplace has like changed in light of COVID? Now, you know, they highlighted a few things that were probably things that we've heard quite a few times by this point, you know, things like increased need for IOT and voice activation and like lower touch solutions in these kinds of office spaces. But uh, then they started talking about something that I hadn't heard about before the need for something they call smart desks. And like the fact that there's demand now given uh, you know, the spread of COVID and sort of like how we've re- responded to it that uh, employees are kind of after sitting at home at, in their home offices when they start to return to the office, they'll want you know solutions that are you know a little bit <laughs> a little bit smarter in their workplace. Have you any of you ever heard of smart desks before?
2: I have not. Negative. No, all I've heard yeah, about, I about how, like, raising
0: desks. I mean that's the smartest desk I've ever heard of, but no, apparently it goes you know much much further than that. So I definitely recommend uh, installers check out that that session. It was really valuable, and like I said before, they'll have these sessions available through. Craig, is it early August?
1: It's August twenty-first, and so one. One thing I actually wanted to mention is I, I uh, before uh, before the Infocom show, I talked to uh, David Labuskis, and he had mentioned that you know kind of hybrid shows are here, and you know they're they're the future, and um, that you know it, that Infocom, you know, in the future, there's going to be some sort of hybrid element to the show. I kind of wonder if they're going to do the sessions the same way next year and just kind of have you know all of them pre-recorded right, rather than just some of them all all of them pre-recorded thrown up on the the in- infocom site and kind of focus on the trade show part of it at at the event when when they uh, when when they do get to gather back in Orlando next year presumably so so I, I'm, I am going to be talking to, to David tomorrow and, you know, kind of wrapping up the show. But um, I'm kind of curious to, to see if, if that's what direction it takes, because I, I think that would be pretty valuable for everybody to have, you know, time to listen to these sessions, you know, and not worry about, you know, kind of splitting their time between the sessions and the trade show floor.
0: Yeah. You said yourself earlier that like you had never really sat down on a session in person before there. Was that, was that true that you'd never gone to a session at the show and that you mostly spend your time, you know, going between booths?
1: Yeah, that's, that's um, definitely true. I I don't think I've ever stepped outside, you know, the, the uh, you know, the, the trade show area when, when I've been at the show other than, you know, to grab lunch in 15 minutes. So.
0: I mean, there's very good reason for that, right? We probably all feel like so much pressure to like, go see the next big thing, I think you make a good point. It would probably be very valuable for them to hybridize their approach to these sessions to make them available after the in-person event is over to put a greater stress on their value.
1: Mm-hmm. Or, or even if they, you know, record them live at the show and, and put up put up videos on, on the website or something like that. I'm sure there's there's an AV guy that can can figure out how to uh, you know put this together. I, like you guys have said a couple times, you know, the fact that they put this together in, in two months shows that they can you know kind of do things pretty quickly. So so given a, a year now to to put something together, I, I kind of wonder if that's the direction that they'll take going forward. And and maybe other AV events can can do the same thing.
0: Uh, did you guys get a chance to use the uh,
1: networking feature? I I didn't. I, I looked at it. I, I didn't do much with it. But I, I was actually going to ask that same question if anybody yeah. has used so it. I I didn't do a
0: ton with it either. But um, it's it's kind of cool. It's like a Tinder-based networking platform for uh, for AV pros. Uh, I, I guess just within the
2: uh, Infocom website. But, um, yeah, you get matched with, like, people with similar interests. And uh, I was matched with a lot of marketing directors. I think, because I was, I indicated I was with the press. Um, but I can definitely see how it uh, can help uh, connect installers, manufacturers,
0: and uh, software providers, uh, you know, who aren't getting those same results on LinkedIn or other social media and, uh, you know, those people who are missing those uh, handshakes and, uh, you know, uh, conversations over, over cocktails after the show.
1: You, you mean what you've heard Tinder is like, right? Uh,
0: yes, exactly. <laughs> well, guys, I know we didn't have any time on the actual Las Vegas uh, strip this year, but I think it was really interesting to see how, you know, the the trade organization uh, for the AV industry was able to make this such a technology, technology-focused technology event, given that it was virtual. So, like, you know, like, like you said earlier, Craig, I, I hope to see next year a little bit more hybridization and a little bit more technological involvement than you would already expect from the in-person event, and uh, obviously hope that we don't have to do it virtually next year completely, though.